It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Brian Kilmeade. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. I'm John Saucier. Imagine getting used to living in a war zone. It's starting to happen in Ukraine, a place that's been under a horrific invasion by Russia since February. Now it's mid-May, and the air raid sirens screaming across Kiev seem about as common as a car horn honking. You can't run for a bomb shelter every time you hear air raid sirens because they're going off so frequently. But if you were to go every time to a shelter, you'd never be able to rest. And that's just the reality for the Ukrainian people. This is the Fox News Rundown. War on Ukraine. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. There have been a number of major developments in this war in Ukraine, and many of them aren't good. Some of the Ukrainian troops, which had been holed up in a steel plant in Mariupol, have been moved out of there, and they face an uncertain fate. All while everyday civilians still stuck in this countrywide war zone face a grim new reality. This is a huge development because it is the first time the Ukrainian forces have cut this type of deal with the Russians. Our guest today is Fox News foreign correspondent Trey Yinks. He's reporting from Kiev, Ukraine. Clearly there was some sort of agreement behind the scenes that allowed these 260 Ukrainian fighters to emerge from that besieged steel plant in the southern port city of Mariupol, get into Russian hands, and then ultimately be transferred to Russian-controlled territory. That is the latest update that we have, and the Ukrainian military is confirming this did indeed take place. They do note, however, there are still some Ukrainian soldiers inside the plant. We don't know exactly how many. In terms of what will happen next, that is the big question on everyone's mind, because each side wants to use this as an opportunity to claim victory. The Russians say that the Ukrainians surrendered. Meanwhile, the Ukrainians are saying their soldiers simply were following orders, and this was a military command to end the siege of this steel plant. Unfortunately, as we've seen in the past, the Russians do not follow international norms or rules of war. So there is a major possibility that these prisoners of war now are not treated as they are supposed to be treated under international law. And that's something to look for here in the coming days and weeks. As for the rest of the country, there are still major lines of fire taking place all over the Donbass region in the eastern part of Ukraine. And today, there was an announcement by Russian officials in Moscow that there are no peace talks taking place currently with the Ukrainians. And that really puts things at a standstill when it comes to any prospect of a ceasefire. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk more about those soldiers who were taken out of the steel plant in Mariupol. You said that it's not it's uncertain what their future is, but I read they were being taken to areas being held by Russian separatists. Whether or not they're treated as prisoners of war, though, is a big deal because under international law, there are certain ways you have to treat prisoners of war. So why is Ukraine so worried about these people's fate? They've seen the atrocities that Russian forces have committed in other parts of their country. And they realize that, especially in territory that is completely controlled by the Russians, they don't have the ability to simply 
go and rescue their forces. They now would have to exchange these POWs in some sort of prisoner swap, or they would have to be part of a larger agreement to get them to safety. And while these have taken place many times throughout this war, since the war began, there have been a number of prisoner swaps. They're often sort of hush-hush and behind the scenes. Neither side wants to make it very clear what they're doing. And you do have to consider this group of prisoners now under Russian control, they're considered different from the rest of the Ukrainian military. The Russians have used this as an effort to push forward some of their propaganda amid this conflict. And so they certainly could use the fact that they are now in Russian custody as something they see as an information advantage. And that is certainly a concern to Ukrainian officials in the capital of Kiev. Let's focus on the western city of Lviv now. More Russian fire has been focused there. Local officials say Ukrainians were able to shoot down Russian missiles that were on the way for a train station. You've been covering this war for a while, and it's pretty typical for you to hear air raid sirens with a possible missile coming in. What's your feeling when you hear one of these air raid sirens? Are you holding your breath? Are you running for cover? Or are you just so used to it that it's not a big deal? We're used to it now. Just about 15 minutes ago, there were air raid sirens in the capital of Kiev, and we were wrapping up dinner and continued eating. It's just wow. the way life is in Ukraine. You can't run for a bomb shelter every time you hear air raid sirens because they're going off so frequently. Last night, for example, there were two or three times where sirens went off in the capital, and if you were to go every time to a shelter, you'd never be able to rest. And that's just the reality for the Ukrainian people. The benefit that we have as journalists is that we can leave when we like, when we choose. For so many Ukrainians, they're stuck here. They don't have the resources to get out of the country, and it has just become a new reality. And it's quite jarring. There's a juxtaposition when you see in the capital of Kiev where we've been reporting people walking down the street and maybe they're holding hands or they're taking their dog for a stroll. And while that's happening, these air raid sirens go off and there really isn't that same sense of panic that we saw in the early days of the war because it's so common now. And this conflict is almost ingrained into the population in a way that's quite sad because no one should have to live amid war as the Ukrainians are doing so right now. But it's just a reality for this country. It's a terrible thing to get used to, to get used to living in a war zone. But it seems like, from what you're describing, that's almost happening. I'm thinking from the American perspective, here in the United States, for a good long while, this war in Ukraine was the number one news story. But these days, it's kind of shuffled down. We're focusing on other things. Do you see that attitude in Ukraine shifting? I know you were just talking about it there, but are these people used to living in a war zone? I think there's some things that you get used to and some things that people will never get used to. Um, Overall, there's an understanding here that the Western interest in this story has shifted, but it's not just Ukraine. This happens with every major conflict or breaking news event that we cover around the world. Viewers and listeners only have so much space to constantly hear about death and destruction. And so I think it's part of our job as journalists to keep people interested in the story. And I think we can do that through not always focusing on the death and destruction, but also trying to find pieces of light amid a very dark story. We always have to characterize things in an accurate and holistic way. But when we have a chance to find little pieces of good news amid a very bad story, we try to do so.
We're speaking today with Fox News foreign correspondent Trey Yanks, who's reporting from Kiev. We'll have much more on the other side of this. Trey, one thing you've been doing a lot of is looking for people that you talked to at one point in the war and now going back to check on them. Can you share with our listeners their story about this woman you recently tracked down in Irpine, how she and her family are doing? Yeah, absolutely. This is a style of reporting that since the war in Ukraine started, I've tried to implement more often, and that is introducing someone to our viewers and then following up with them weeks, sometimes even months later, to see where they ended up, because there are so many questions after a viewer meets someone on air and they see this individual that maybe they can empathize with. Maybe they can see some bits of themselves in that person. And this was the case with a woman named Evgenia Antonienko, a woman that in early March I met on a bridge near the town of Irpin while there were civilians fleeing the area that was partially occupied by Russian forces. And while we were speaking, uh, the Russians were firing artillery shells at this bridge. And it was a very tense moment. And she described how she shielded the eyes of her young daughter from bodies in the streets of their hometown. And she said, it's like your life is broken forever and there's no hope. And so 10 weeks later, I was able to, through Facebook, actually track her down. And we reconnected and I did a follow-up interview asking her about her experience to describe more of what took place that day and where she ended up now. And it turns out that day was even more harrowing than she had originally explained to us. She talked about how her young daughter asked questions about if they died, would they be together? And if it would be quick. And to hear these questions being recounted by a mother from her daughter, a daughter that we actually met on this bridge as well. It was quite sad, but there was some happy ending, as as happy as could be in this story, because everything here is, is tragic and it's horrible. But she was able to reconnect with her family because as we found out in our conversation with her, they were separated at one point. And she had to say to her family, I will find you. And so there was this very difficult moment because of her job, she couldn't leave the country without special permission. Ultimately, she was able to reconnect with her family in the Netherlands, where they all remain today. And I'd say the uplifting, maybe not happy, happy probably isn't the best description for this, but the uplifting part of her story is that she's now using her free time to volunteer and teach young Ukrainian refugees math and English. And it's such a full circle event because I think it speaks to the spirit of the Ukrainian people. Even though she is a refugee herself and had to leave her entire life behind, she's doing everything she can from abroad to still help her country and her fellow country people who have gone through a similar experience. Really amazing stuff and harrowing, too. No child should have to ask their parents any of those questions. And I think you're right, Trey. It does speak to the resolve of these Ukrainian people who have been put to the test, and they really are stepping up to it. Fox News reporter Trey Yanks in Kiev, Ukraine. Trey, as always, stay safe and thank you so much for joining us on the Fox News Rundown War on Ukraine podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.
from the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.